thank you. I just want to say how lucky you guys are to be here because tonight's dinner was really good. <laughs> I know when they were asking me if I wanted to uh, teach here, um, or not teach here, but be here, be who I am here, uh, they said, and the food's really good. And I said, okay, I'm there because that's all it takes. This is a great place. Uh, thank you for having me and thanks for coming. Uh, the book I'm reading from the call is my latest novel and since we're in Vermont I thought it would be appropriate to read from it because it takes place in Vermont and it's one of my first books that I've written that takes place in Vermont. Um, I have another book coming out in the summer that also takes place in New England but really it's where I live and in that area. Um, okay I have three books here which are my first is my first novel The Sea of Trees and when you get your books published a lot of times they go out of print this book went out of print and the publisher says to you do you want to buy a box of remainders and they it's like some absurdly cheap price and you have to say yes because they're your books right so I have this huge box at home of the sea of trees and so tonight I'm giving away three of these books but you have to answer a trivia question in order to get the books but we'll do that a little later that's just to keep you keep you in the room okay all right the Call is a novel whose main character is closely based on my husband, who is a large animal veterinarian here in Vermont. So it's written as entries into his daily log, which describe the visits he makes to various farms throughout the day. The entries are woven through with details about himself, his wife, and children, and the offbeat, sometimes sad, and sometimes humorous events that occur in their lives and make them a family. So after moving to Vermont about seven years ago, my husband's career changed. He no longer was a racetrack veterinarian the way he was in Southern California. He no longer just showed up at the same racetrack every morning visiting the shed rows shrouded in dreamy mist and looking at horses and checking their legs. Now he had to wait for the next phone call, hence the name for my novel, The Call. The next phone call can take my husband an hour's drive from our house, mostly on dirt roads that are either unplowed in winter or gouged and rutted with tire tracks in mud seasons so deep they seem to take possession of the truck and make it travel in zigzags, threatening to crash it into the stoic maples that line the sides of the roads. My husband's world has now turned into one where he treats not the athletic racehorse, but the 27-year-old draft mare named Molly, who has never been pampered like a racehorse, but who lives year-round outdoors without a blanket on her back in winter and is never given water in the spring, but simply walks to the stream in her pasture and drinks from the pools that have melted down from the snowy ridgetops. The owners of animals my husband meets are not like the talkative or colorful characters who inhabited the racetrack. Instead, they are more the taciturn New England type. Fortunately, though, my husband has this uncanny ability to get the life story out of the most laconic of New Englanders. So whenever I go with him on calls, he ends up getting the owner to talk to him. And whatever drifts my way in terms of interesting anecdotes is something I try to use in my own writing. And that's what I like to call it. I call that writer's windfall. 
So I first had the idea to write the call because Dave Eggers, who published an earlier novel of mine called Here They Come, wanted me to write a sci-fi piece for McSweeney's quarterly issue that they were conjuring up in San Francisco. What came to mind were two things. One, I had been toying with the idea of writing a piece that was in my husband's voice. He often comes home with his boots muddy or caked with horse manure and holding a bloody tray of surgical instruments that he loads into the dishwasher alongside our mason jars that we use as drinking glasses. And he proceeds to tell me and our children about his day. The second thing that came to my mind when Dave Eggers asked me for a sci-fi story was for the past couple of months, we had been seeing a spaceship flying low around our house. We guessed what it could be, but we were never sure. But one thing I knew that it was, it was a way for me to have my cake and eat it too. I would write the piece for Dave Eggers as a story, and there would be this spaceship in it that this veterinarian and his family would see on and off. When I finished the piece, I sheepishly mailed it to Dave. Of course, it wasn't a sci-fi story at all, but hey, at least there was a spaceship in it. The story was published in the next issue of McSweeney's, which, by the way, ended up not having a sci-fi theme at all. So I guess I wasn't the only one who couldn't think of a sci-fi story. I wasn't content to leave the call as a story. Too many things were happening throughout the course of my husband's days that he was telling us about that I wished I had included in the story. How could I leave out the woman who kept her sheep under her kitchen table and took it to church services on Sundays? How could I leave out the alpaca that died from fright after hearing a clap of thunder? And so I kept writing it. Because of this, a lot of the events in the book are true. They were too good not to include. Sometimes real life mixed with fiction and a little horse hair and spaceships and green mountains is better than real life alone or fiction alone. So since I never know where to begin in reading from a book, I'm going to start from the beginning. You can see I've had all these pages. I was thinking, oh, I'll read a little here, jump to there, jump to that. It sometimes, it doesn't make sense. I'm just going to start from the beginning. So the first section is called Fall. And so each section, you'll see this cow and in the fall section, the leaves are falling, and obviously winter, he's, he's up to his hocks and snow and so forth. Call, a cow with her dead calf, half-born. Action, put on boots and pull dead calf out while standing in a field full of mud. Result, hind legs tore off from dead calf while I pulled. Head, forelegs, and torso are still inside the mother. Thoughts on drive home while passing red and gold leaves on maple trees. Is there a nicer place to live? What children said to me when I got home. Hi, Pop. What the wife cooked for dinner. Something mixed up. Call. Old woman with minis needs butte paste. Action. Drove to old woman's house. Delivered butte paste. Pet minis. Learned their names. Molly, Nettie, Sunny, and Storm. Result, minis are really cute. Thoughts on drive home. Must bring children back here sometime to see the cute minis. What children said to me when I got home. Hi, Pop. 
what the wife cooked for dinner. Steak and potatoes, no salad. She said, David, our salad days are over, it now being autumn, and the garden bare except for wind-tossed fallen leaves. Call, six sheep. Action, visited sheep. Noticed they'd eaten all the thistle. Result, talk to owner, who is a composer about classical music. Admired his tall barn beams. Advised owner to fence off thistle so sheep couldn't eat it. Sheep become sick from thistle. Thoughts on drive home. Is time travel possible? Maybe time is not a thing. Because light takes a while to travel, what we're seeing is always in the past. What the wife cooked for dinner. Breakfast. Call. Castrate draft horse. Action. Pulled out emasculators. Castrated draft horse. Result. Draft horse bled buckets. Pooled around his hooves. Owner said she had never seen so much blood. It's okay. He's got a lot of blood, I said. She nodded. She braided the fringe on her poncho, watching the blood. Thoughts on drive home. What's the point of a poncho if it doesn't cover your arms? What the wife cooked for dinner, nut loaf. What I ate for dinner, not nut loaf. Call, horses colicking, action. Drove to farm, dodging dry brown leaves skating across the road because at first I thought they were mice or voles running to the safety of the other side. Gave horse banamine, watched him sweating, watched him rolling on his stall floor. Watched owner cry, just a few tears down a freckled cheek. Listened to horses in other stalls whinny, worried for the colicky horse. Result, stayed for hours until night. Moon was full, walked horse out to field by the apple tree, gave him a shot to put him to sleep, patted his neck, left owner with her head by his head, not saying anything. Maybe just breathing in his last exhaled breath. Thoughts on drive home. When I go, I want to go in a field by an apple tree on a full moon night. What I saw when I pulled up to the house. Bright lights in the sky. An object moving quickly back and forth. Not a plane. What I heard from my children when I got home. Gentle snoring. What I heard from my wife when I got home, loud snoring. Call, sheep with a cut from a fence, action. Drove to farm, inspected sheep. Cut was old, small white worms were crawling on it. Gave owner some antibiotic. Result, asked owner if he had seen the bright lights in the sky the night before. Owner shrugged, I go to bed, the owner said. Thoughts on drive home. Since people have become used to seeing telephone wires and telephone poles everywhere, they can get used to seeing wind turbines everywhere. It's just a matter of getting used to something. Call, alpaca down, action. Drove to farm, remembered not to look alpaca in the eye. Result, looked alpaca in the eye by mistake. Got spit in the eye. Alpaca nice and angry now. Alpaca got up, 
owner thankful, handed me a rag that smelled like gasoline. I wiped my eye, asked owner if he had seen the bright lights, the object moving back and forth in the sky the night before. The owner shook his head. He hadn't seen anything. The alpaca came to me and put his face in my face. I thought he was going to spit in my eye again, but he didn't. I thought he was going, the owner laughed. <laughs> Looks like he's trying to tell you something, the owner said. Did the alpaca want to tell me he had seen the object in the sky? Thoughts on drive home. I could have been an engineer or a fighter pilot. Call. A pre-purchase examination on a thoroughbred. Action. Brought digital x-ray machine and performed a complete set of x-rays on horse in a barn with ducks, spaniels, and kittens walking about. Result. Owner tried to give me a kitten to take home to the children. No, no, I said. We have two dogs. The dogs will love the cat, the owner said. How about a duck, the owner said. No, they shit liquid, I said. <laughs> yes, that's true, she said, but the eggs are golden. Thoughts on ride home. Chickens might be nice to have. The children could check for eggs every day. We could eat the eggs. Chickens don't shit liquid. This is the problem today. People don't know where their food comes from. My children will know where their food comes from. Call. A sheep needs its shots. Action. Took bottles of vaccines and drew up shots. Result. Old woman named Dorothy called the sheep to her. The sheep's name was Alice. Alice lived in the house with Dorothy. I'd let her live outside, but she's no bother inside, Dorothy said. Alice lay her head in Dorothy's lap. Go on, give the shot, Dorothy said. The sheep was very still while I gave the shot. She's like a dog, Dorothy said. I take her everywhere in my pickup. She waits for me until I get back from my errands. I took her into church one day. I showed the pastor. He made a remark about sheep. He said they were dumb. Go get Alice from the back of your pickup, my friend said, nudging me. I went to the parking lot and got Alice. I held the church doors open for her. She followed me down the aisle. She looked into people's faces as she walked. I'd like you to meet Alice, I said to the pastor. She looked him in the eyes. Now go on, I said. Read the part again in your sermon about how sheep are dumb, I said. Thoughts on drive home. I know some people who will not look me in the eye. What I saw when I pulled up to the house. The object flying in the sky again. It seemed to circle the house. More likely, it was a drone the military used and remotely practiced within our secluded woods. But still, I could not help but think it was otherworldly, the way its lights flashed on and off, the way it flew so low, as if it wanted to see in our windows and check on what my family was doing. I felt that it knew me somehow. What I felt even before I walked in the door, warm. Even though it was cold outside, I had already begun to feel warm. I already began to feel warm as I stepped onto the porch and where the glass front door always seemed to be constantly steamed over from the exhaled breaths of my wife, my children, the dogs, and all the other creatures inside. What children said to me when I got home, 
doesn't Alice pee and poop on the floor in the house? What I said, I suppose she does. What the wife cooked for dinner, omelets with green olives. What the wife said, David, I don't want a sheep. Call, a cat. Action, I told owner, I don't do cats. The owner asked if I could do this one. The owner had shot the fisher cats in his barn that had eaten half his chickens. Shoot the cat, I said. You have shot fisher cats. You have done huge horses. Why can't you just do a little house cat whose time has come, the owner said. I did the cat in the belly. I did not need to find a vein. It, I was paid in sausage and bacon. Thoughts on drive home. This war we are in is a war we started to see how much we can take from another country. It was once not so easy for me to see it this way. What the children said to me when I got home, Mom is not making dinner. Mom is sick on the couch. What the wife said to me when I got home, David, where's the gun? If you just shoot this side of my head, I'm sure it will get rid of my headache. Then Jen laid her head back on the easy chair where the sun was streaming in, and the bright light on her face made her look porcelain white. What I cooked for dinner, bacon, glorious fresh bacon given to me by the man who shot fisher cats, not house cats. I showed my children how the bacon did not release injected water into the pan while it cooked because it was fresh bacon, good bacon, bacon the way bacon should be thoughts while turning bacon. Why is it legal to inject meats with water? Why is it fair that the consumer has to pay extra money per pound for injected water? What the children said, Pop, don't burn the bacon. What the wind said at night, I can blow down all your trees. I can make the walls of your house fall in. What the morning said, I kept the wind at bay. Thoughts while showering. Deer season will be here soon. Already it is bare. We have heard the hunters and their bear dogs early on the weekend mornings barking, treeing bears. I will hunt first with a bow for deer this fall season. I will sit high up in a tree in a purchase stand that came with big labels telling me never to use it without wearing a safety harness. I will wear the safety harness. I will check it before I put it on. Are the straps worn? Is the buckle fastened securely? Are the dear gods on my side? What my son said at dinner, aren't I hunting with you this fall? He had not hunted with me before. This would be his first time. He was 12 years old now and old enough to carry a gun. He knew the rules well. He had aced his hunter's exam. Gun tip pointed up or down when walking through the woods. Never shoot at an animal on a hill because you never know who might be on the other side of the hill. Open your chamber when passing your gun to someone and say, action open, safety on, while you're passing it. What I said, yes, I suppose you're ready to hunt with me now. What my son said, yes, I can't wait. And then he chanted, kill the deer, eat the meat, kill the deer, eat the meat in time with holding his fork in his fist and banging his fist on the table, making me think maybe we should wait. Maybe he wasn't ready to take a gun into the woods. What the wife said to me, be careful hunting David. I don't like it. He's still so young. You only have one son, you know. What I thought, maybe Jen is wrong. Maybe there are other sons I have. 
Who knows if the sperm I once donated in college was ever used or simply thrown away after time. The money I received was spent on taking dates to restaurants I wouldn't otherwise have been able to afford. What I would never tell the wife, that maybe she was wrong about me not having other sons. Because if I told her, then I would have to explain why I wanted the money. I would have to explain the other girls. And no matter that I didn't know Jen then, she might become jealous. What I said to the wife instead to change the subject. Did you know that because light takes time to travel, what you're seeing is always in the past? What the wife said. I like that. It's the world's best excuse. The adage, don't cry over spilt milk, applies to everything then. It's all in the past. There's nothing we can change. What I thought, that I could tell Jen not to cry over spilt milk if she ever learned of how I had earned extra money in college, and that somewhere in there was a pun she'd pick up on, the spilt milk of me somehow worked in. Call, no call. The phone rang, and when I answered, whoever it was hung up. Hello? Hello? I said, and I kept saying hello even after I knew they were gone. What we did after dinner, put on sweaters to keep off the chill, and went outside and called to the owls. What the owls did, called back, and then the spacecraft showed up again, its lights blinking faster than the last time, as if it were trying to sing out its own kind of call call, a choke, action, touched the horse's neck. I could feel the ball of food caught in his throat. This could be a tough one, I told Arthur, the hired hand. I gave the horse drugs to relax his throat muscles. I went to fill up buckets. I would need the water to pump through his stomach. I would need to clear the choke. I put the tube through the horse's nose. I asked Arthur while I was working on the horse, if he had seen the object in the sky, if he had seen the bright lights a few nights before. Arthur, with one hand resting on the horse's neck, looked up at the sky, as if the object I had been talking about could be still, still be seen in all the blue. Arthur shook his head. Nope, didn't see it, he said. I wasn't out here. Only thing out here were the horses, Arthur said. You see it, boss? He said into the ear of the horse I was working on, and while he said it, he had the flat of his palm on the neck of the horse, and I thought how maybe Arthur wasn't doing the talking, that maybe it was the horse doing the talking for him. A flock of geese came flying down to the pond. Arthur and I watched the geese, their feet out in a pose to break, their wings not beating, coming down on water flat as glass on a windless day. Who knew geese could walk on water, Arthur said, his hand still on the horse. Result, the drug worked quickly, the water went straight down, the choke had passed. I told Arthur that was good, otherwise we could have been there a long time, and we, he would have heard my whole life story, and I his. Thoughts on drive home. What was Arthur's life story? Did he ever have a wife, kids? What was my life story? This is what I want on my tombstone. He loved his children. What the children said when I got home. Pop, mom's in one of her moods. What the wife was doing, unloading the dishwasher, but doing it by slamming the pots onto their shelves. What the wife said, can't anyone else help to do this? 
Jen motioned with her arm, talk, taking in the kitchen, the messy countertops, the food bits on the floor, pieces of carrots dried and turned white, kicked up under the shelves, the books and papers on the table, the loud toy guns, the fishing reels, kneading line. What the children did, ran outside. What I did, ran outside. What the children did, climbed me. What I smelled, their hair, a sweet smell and also an outdoor smell, the smell of falls, fallen leaves, kicked up. Call, no call, action, stayed at home. Result, wished the children were home with me, resented school for taking them away and teaching them nothing. They would learn more at home with me. I would teach them things I want to learn, violin, German, the possibility of time travel. Thoughts while walking through the woods looking for spots to raise deer stand. When shooting the rifle, make sure the deer is moving. Otherwise, he will notice the safety releasing. He will bolt before you squeeze off the shot. Will I even see a buck this year? What the children said to me when I got home. Pop, there was a moose in the back of the house. What the wife said. A cow, not a bull. What I said. Everybody, let's go for a walk and see if we can see her again. What we came across. Moose poop, bear poop, deer poop, coyote poop, fallen over rotting mushrooms that looked like loose poop. What I pointed out to my son. The barks of trees rubbed off by the antlers of deer, flattened ferns where deer had lain. What Sam said. I cannot wait to hunt. The deer are all around us. What we did put our hands down on the flattened ferns to see if they were still warm, and then we walked back home, avoiding breaking, spanning cobbing, cobwebs in our way. What the wife cooked for dinner, spaghetti with meat sauce, black olives, and mushrooms. What Mia, my youngest, my six-year-old, said to me before bedtime, Poppy, I'm going to cold you up. Then she reached her cold hands up under my shirt and touched my back. What Sam, my oldest, my 12-year-old, showed me before bedtime. How to exhale while squeezing off a shot to avoid excessive movement and achieve the truest aim. What Sarah, the middle child, my 10-year-old, said to me. Lyle got detention for throwing a pencil at Miss Ackerman when she turned her back. What the owls said at night. We are in every tree in a five-mile radius. What the wife said in bed while the light of the full moon came in through the windows. Somebody turn off that light. Call. A Dutch warm blood needs teeth floated. Action went to farm where horses stabled, brought out floats, tried floating teeth without giving a drug to the horse. Horse clearly needed drug. Drew up shot, injected horse. Result was able to float horse's teeth, but the woman who owned the horse could talk a dog off a meat wagon, and I had to listen to her. Funny how the horses like their teeth floated, grinding down the back hooks. This horse closed his eyes. If he could purr, he would. My arm was sore afterward. Was the woman's mouth tired? She talked of gardens and nematodes in the forecast of the farmer's almanac. Thoughts on drive home. This is where the horses live, 
in cozy barns, the pastures here still green, a heron flies across, the cows all standing north to south, the attraction of the poles said to be the reason for their alignment. What the children said to me when I got home, Pop, you smell like horse manure, and what's that on your upper arm? What I said, why, that's horse saliva. What the, cook, what the wife cooked for dinner, pizza. What kept me awake at night, pizza. What I looked for out the window while I was awake. The bright lights, the object moving back and forth in the sky. But I didn't see it. I just saw the horizon and what looked to be the sun still setting. Only it was the middle of the night and the sun was long gone. I wondered if what I was looking at was just the glow from the moon shining over our back field. Call. A one-inch curved laceration above the eyebrow of Sarah. Action. Laid out a blanket and a pillow on kitchen table. Told her to lie down on them under the bright light. Blocked her. Then began to suture. Result. Sam took pictures with the camera so close to her face I had to tell him to step back. What my wife said. Maybe we should take her to a real doctor. What I said. I am a real doctor. What my wife said. They have staples. They have glue these days at the emergency room. Maybe she won't scar as much with staples or glue, she said. What I said, a scar gives you character. What Sarah said, I want to go to the emergency room. What Sam said, I took 86 pictures. Want to see? Thoughts while wife cooked dinner, we must buy a cow. The depression will be on us soon. No one will be able to afford milk when it happens. Milk will be a thing of the past. And cheese, think of the cheese. We will make our own ice cream. We will no longer have to buy cartons of it from the supermarket. The ice cream whipped with air. Why are we paying for air? When the depression comes, we will no longer be able to f afford our property taxes. We must sell now. Go live in a small house in the woods. We won't have a view. We won't be taxed for our view if we don't have one. We will not have a pond or a stream. We will not be taxed for them if we don't have them. We will continue to heat with wood. We will live off the grid. Our light will come from solar panels. Our wood stove will be our kitchen stove. We will never turn a knob to turn it on. There will always be heat on the range. What I told my wife before bed, let's move to the woods. What my wife said, we already live in the woods. What I said, no, the real woods, way back on the roads where the poles for electricity end. What my wife said, I'm not moving from here. I like our house, I like our pond, I like our fields. What I said, you will not have a choice. The calls will stop. People will stop treating their horses and cows and sheep. It will cost too much money to treat them. Even if the calls do not stop and I still get called to treat the horse or the cow or the sheep, the bill will not be paid. The people will not pay. Our taxes will continue to rise. What the wife said, how did a bat get in here? Who left the front door open? What the bat did, flew low over Jen's head in bed so that she had to bring the covers up over her head. It reminded me of the spacecraft. Why was everything flying so low? Why did everything want to be so close to us? What I did, opened up the window and let the bat out into the full moon night. I could see the moon on the grass that was frosting. It reminded me of a Christmas bulb my mother used to put on the tree when I was a child. 
The bulb was frosted, sprayed on with something white and granular, something like snow. What I thought, something is wrong when something in nature reminds you of something man-made. It should be the other way around. Is this the result of the human race having been around too long? All right, I'll stop there. I don't even know what time it is. Um, thank you. All right.